Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. We're wrapping up a little year in review uh, this week on this Thursday edition. I'm Brian Murphy. That's Taylor Raglan. That's Justin Thomas. We have four more of our markets uh, to harp on, to kind of reflect on in the year that was uh, for the colony. Little Elms, Salina, and Lake Dallas. I feel like we don't show Salina enough love on the podcast. It's all 5A and 6A. So I want to, you know, there's a lot to talk about, you know, with, with the Bobcats, especially the first thing that comes to mind with Salina is definitely football season. Yep. Um, Salina, I guess a down year uh, for the Bobcats is making it three rounds deep yeah. uh, in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, you know, things weren't looking too promising after, you know, finishing fourth uh, in the district. And, you know, they got blown out by Argyle to end the year. Uh, 63-21 was that final score. And, you know, confidence was not high uh, for Salina. And they, you know, they take down Wilmer Hutchins in the first round. They get another uh, close second round victory and then rematch with Argyle, a team they had just lost to. Uh, that game could have been, I heard, it could have been 100 to nothing if they hadn't called off the dogs in that one. Uh, but going into that game, something I'll remember, you know, very vividly. I don't know. Oh, man. It, it caused an uproar. I don't know if, you, if y'all remember that on Twitter. Uh, yeah, Brady Keene and, and Matt Stepp and a bunch of guys, you know, that covered, you know, Denton and all kinds of high school football. They, they got a hold of it. And uh, Coach Bill Elliott gave me a good quote uh, saying that uh, Argyle doesn't know, basically, this isn't word for word, but he doesn't know, they don't know uh, what Salina is like in the playoffs. And, you know, they're still the same team. We're changed. And, you know, they played like two or three weeks right before that. Three weeks literally before that game. Um, and they got blown out by 40. So that caused a, a little bit of a stir. I remember uh, even after the playoff game, Coach Elliott comes up to me and goes, Man, you almost got me in trouble this week. <laughs> and I was like, hey, it almost worked. So uh, what I'm alluding to is that playoff game against Argyle. Salina had the lead, a 22-19 to 19 lead, you know, in the final seconds. Uh, and then, you know, a little Hail Mary with, with I believe it was 25 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Uh, one-on-one down the far sideline. Cornerback for Salina appeared to have slipped. That's what they're saying. He slipped. There could have been a push off. Other other people around the town of Salina are saying there was a push off. Should have been an offensive pass interference, but nonetheless, Argyle's Cole Kirkpatrick hauls it in for the touchdown uh, for the game-winning touchdown. They win 26-22, and that would have been, you know, 
probably the biggest upset at least in our markets in football for sure uh, one of the biggest upsets of the year in, in any sport in any of our markets uh, but they just didn't get it done but you know Salina they'll be back you know they're headed to state and seven on seven for uh, pretty much I think all but one year is what coach Elliott told me uh, he couldn't verify that but since they've been doing it since 98 and they're, they're headed back to seven on seven so Salina football doing just fine another great uh, great year for them and one more thing I wanted to harp on uh, with Salina before we move over to Lake Dallas uh, which Lake Dallas only has like a few hundred kids more than when Salina. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Lake Dallas is right on uh, right on the border for sure. They, they, they very could easily yeah. be a 4A team yeah. you know, if you take out a hundred kids or so. But yeah, so Salina basketball, uh, district title for the second year in a row. I, uh, I know last year they won the district title for the first time since 74 in boys basketball. They do it again this year. They go 10-0. Uh, and then they're rewarded with playing the Dallas District, um, where all four of those teams, I believe, were ranked at least in the top 20. I think three of them were in the top 12 or top 15. They had to play Lincoln, who was the four seed out of that district, and Lincoln just wiped them out in the first round. Not very fair <laughs> uh, for the Bobcats there, but it's just the, the luck of the draw uh, uh, for Salina there. Obviously, Salina softball uh, making a nice run uh, in, in the playoffs. Well, Salina baseball getting back in the playoffs uh, was another good thing uh, to see as well that leads us to Lake Dallas yeah man it was uh, kind of a crazy year for, for Lake it Dallas was well, highs and lows yeah yeah that was going to be kind of that's I guess that's the number one theme a little bit of, of Lake Dallas it was a year really of, of haves and have nots especially in you know you kind of pair the standing space sports off um, with brother and sister sports almost you know you look at football versus volleyball um, you know softball and baseball obviously the two soccers girls and boys and then the two basketballs girls and boys and in almost all of them except for football and volleyball both of those teams made the postseason and the other ones one team made the postseason and in a lot of cases was really good and then one team was you know the have-nots to put it politely you know you look at you know baseball and, and the run that they had going to the regional semifinals softball team I believe went winless in district play you know you look at the girls basketball team really young really talented made the postseason um, lost in the first round but you know was really competitive in that district boys basketball team I think won one game in district play um, and then soccer, they were a little bit more even. It wasn't quite so drastic, um, you know, but obviously, you know, the, the boys' soccer team, the best run of the year for Lake Dallas, going all the way to the regional final, um, you know, playing the eventual state champion, El Paso Bel Air, uh, in a game that didn't even really feel like a soccer game. You know, I, I covered that one, and the weather was so horrible. Um, the winds were blowing easily 35 miles an hour pretty consistently. It was just a total crapshoot what was going to happen in that game. So, you know, but still run to the regional final, and then the girls' soccer team doesn't make the postseason. They were they were kind of a little bit more on the bubble. I think missed literally by a game um, underneath Denton, uh, if I remember correctly. But, um, yeah, it was it was just a year that was kind of defined by a lot of success for some teams and, and not very much for others. But I mentioned those, uh, you know, the baseball and the boys' soccer teams. That's that's what people are going to remember from this year. You know, that's that's those are the things that are going to stand out. Um, you know, the soccer team, the boys' soccer team was kind of expected to make a run. I don't think anybody really expected them to make a run the way they did, unbeaten mm -hmm. in district all the way to the regional final. I mean, I, I kind of had them winning that district and, and knew that they were going to be good. But, you know, that run to the regional final was something special. Tons of comebacks, a lot of crazy moments um, in that run. And, and that is kind of what sets that one apart. Because the expectation was there, the talent was there, but then the way they were winning these soccer games was kind of the, the interesting part. As opposed to the baseball team, which 
it, it's, it was a surprise that they were there at all. You know, they were really kind of the, the Cinderella story. Um, just a bunch of guys that really competed, you know, arms on the mound that, that were filling it up. Ryan Depperschmidt, kind of the ultimate leader. Um, and it just morphed into a crazy run to the regional semifinal. A lot like, you know, what they did. I wasn't here, but, you know, Matt tells me in 2016, they ran all the way, I think, to the regional final. Really similar. Like, kind of comes out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, you know, they're playing really, really deep into May and, and threatening a trip to the state tournament and, and craziness. So, it's, uh, you know, it was a, a good year for Lake Dallas. I think overall, they have some really promising programs coming up, too. Uh, the girls' basketball team, like I mentioned, really young. Um, new head coach and Marcus's uh, Jordan Davis coming over. Girls' soccer team, pretty young, could make the postseason next year. Um, volleyball. Also really young, lots of talent. Another new coach there, uh, and Kristen Holbrooks, who's taken over for Jason Raymer, who was who was here for a year. Um, so if they can get some consistency in the coaching staff and, and make, um, you know, those those new coaches can make a good impression. They got some talent. They got some veteran presence as well, and, and some playoff experience. So maybe those are the two programs to watch uh, for surprise runs next year. What was that boys soccer playoff game that Matt was at, where they scored in like the last? That was by district. That's a, they ran to the regional final. They almost lost them by district. They scored goals in the last 15 seconds of regulation wow. and overtime to win. They they tied it the last 15 seconds of regulation, scored in the last 15 seconds of overtime to win against I think it was Saginaw in the by district round. So yeah, that run could have been over. Talk about a what it if, got going. You know, yeah. yeah. And we could have been talking about a oh, first round exit, you know, yep. great regular season, first round exit and then yep. but now here we are talking about they they lost to yep. the the probably the best team in the state, you know, in the 5th round. Yep. So now we're going to take a little break. Uh, we have two more schools uh, to, to talk about here. And, you know, luckily they're probably the two of the fiercest rivals, me and Justin. going to go back and forth, though. Hopefully we don't you know, get into that. But we'll <laughs> yeah. talk about the good things that happen. Kendrick's not here. <laughs> yeah, Kendrick's not here to rile me up. Uh, but when we come back from this break, we'll talk a little of the colony and uh, what happened this past year also in Little Elm. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, and we're back to round out our year in review series, uh, talking Little Elm and the Colony. It's only fitting that we start this off, you know, with the most recent you know, showdown uh, between these two teams and, and two of the more successful teams that the, each school featured. Uh, I'm talking about softball, you know, Little Elm making its deepest playoff run in school history. The Colony, just another trip to the fifth round. Uh, nothing new there with Jada Coleman. And, you know, those two teams met in that fifth round, which made it really, really special. You know, yeah. I, I know you were at game one. I was at game two. Mm-hmm. Really cool, really cool thing to see. Yeah, definitely. And pretty not quite as competitive as it was during the regular season. The Colony kind of cranked it up a little bit, but yeah, good, good fun series to see those two teams going at it. And I really enjoyed covering those games, seeing kind of the healthy respect those teams seem to mm-hmm. have for each other. A lot of, you know, jawing between the teams, but in fun, not uh, not really trash talk, fun trash talk. They seem to enjoy it. They seem to kind of know each other and have a good time out, out there on the field, even though they were both battling for a state berth there. And that was actually the first time I ever saw Jada. Yeah. And dude, she is she's <laughs> phenomenal. Like 
she didn't even have to swing the bat. She laid a bunt down, you know, her first three yeah. plate appearances and got was at second or third before you could even blink an eye. Yeah. And then, you know, the duel between her and Lauren Lucas was just epic. I, I understand they're on the same uh, club softball team. And, you know, when I interviewed uh, Lauren Lucas uh, for the podcast way earlier in the season, uh, I, I asked her a question about the colony, you know, that rivalry yeah. and, you know, all that and, you know, what they learned from playing a team like that going into the playoffs. And they're like, oh, yeah, Jada and those girls. She just was just yeah. kind of brushing the side, but it was all in fun. <laughs> You know, it's that's a really healthy rivalry. Yeah. You know, because some of those some of the sports, you know, it can get softball and other sports. Not as, not we'll as talk much. about those in a little bit, but yeah. And then so and then so what did the colony end up doing after they uh, they swept Little M? Well, they made it to the state tournament. I didn't go cover it because I was actually out of town, but um, went down in the semifinals of the state tournament. So they weren't able to get their second championship in three years. But mm-hmm. No shame in getting there twice in three years, and you know a lot of their players will be back next year looking for another crack, especially Jada and J.C. Hamlin and, and them. So, um, not not over for the Colony softball team yet. No, no, not at all. <laughs> now talking rivalries, you know some of them are more fierce than others. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the hardwood. You know, yeah. uh, and the boys basketball featured. You know. The Colony made the playoffs. The Little Elm obviously made the playoffs. And those are two of some of the best games ever. I know you were at the first one, correct? Yeah. And I was at the second one. You were at the one at the Colony. Yeah. I was at the one at Little Elm. You were at the one with the buzzer beater. Or it was like with like five seconds left. So talk about that play. How crazy was the atmosphere in that gym? It was pretty It was pretty fun. It's what you what you expect, kind of what, what you would look mm-hmm. for if you're a high school fan. Just, um, you know, the fans going back and forth across the way, like, it was just a fun atmosphere, and then, you know, the, as you mentioned, the game didn't disappoint at all. I believe RJ gave a, this is what I do after <laughs> he hit the, uh, the game winner, but it was, uh, the thing I'll remember most is just the, the reactions of the Colony player after they lost. You know, Bryce, Bryce Okpo, the senior, he's, like, on the ground. Like, it was like it was a state championship game, and the season had just ended, and it's like, it was just the first time they were playing mm-hmm. of two games, and they still had the It was early in the district, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was just... I mean, they were taking it like as if it was, you know, the most heartbreaking, gut-wrenching season any loss ever. And it was really just the first two matches. Yeah. But it just kind of shows how big that rivalry was and how important that game was to, to the players on both teams. Yeah, that second matchup was at Little Elm, man. It, the stands were just packed. It, it, anytime, you know, a player from the Colony or anytime a player from Little Elm did something, they would look over at that opposing student section. You know, RJ and Brandon Crosley yeah. and then all the, the Colony guys, yeah. they'd look over. You know, they just they just really... So Luis Rodriguez was doing a little mugging. He was, <laughs> Luis Rodriguez is a fierce guy. I, he is the one that fouled RJ on the three-point attempt late in the game uh, in, this, in the rematch uh, when RJ knocked down three free throws to kind of, to seal the deal. He, I think he dropped 34 that game. Fouled. Yeah, and I, I, I had that video on my phone. I tweeted it out. Yeah, I, remember I don't quite see the foul yet. I I mean, Luis, he's a good, you know, 10 inches shorter than, than RJ, but yeah. it, was, it was a good contest. I mean, he did what he could. I don't think he touched him, but, you know, nonetheless, epic games. Uh, it, it stinks that, you know, the Colony and Little Elm ended up losing to the eventual state champions yeah. uh, in the playoffs against Mansfield Timberview. Uh, just an all-around great team, yeah. you know. Uh, and and the, I believe the Colony and Little Elm gave them the two biggest Tests really in the yeah, playoffs. I think the Colony ended up losing by about 15 or so, but they yeah. were hanging in there pretty good yeah. going into the fourth quarter. And then, you know, as you mentioned, Little almost right there with them. And didn't they 
take down Justin Northwest also? Little I'm sure did, man. So I was at that game at Justin Northwest, the only team well, in district. I was meeting Timberview in the, in the playoffs. Oh, Timberview, yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah. yeah, they did. They did. Yes, yeah, so they knocked out three teams from 8-5-A. Um, but, yeah, but speaking of that, Little Elm, you know, one of the more memorable moments, too, for the basketball season yeah. was, uh, you know, they beat Justin Northwest at their house, the only team um, in District 8-5-A to beat them at Northwest. Uh, and then they oh, took well, them to overtime. Yeah, the whole district, the round robin between Little Elm, Northwest, and the Colony. Oh, Every so single good. game came down to the wire. So good. So good. Um, talking about crazy games, crazy plays, probably the craziest play of the year, and it was one that I was at. Yeah. But I'll let you talk about it because I know you went and talked to them, you know, the aftermath a few days later. I know exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I was. it's funny because I was, I was going to do a little column just over the best games that I covered this mm -hmm. year, and I was, like, getting ready to write about that one, and I was like, wait, I wasn't at that game. <laughs> it feels like I was there because I've seen the highlights so many times and did a feature story on them and stuff, but, yeah, I wasn't Now, ready. for people that may not know, this is the famous hook and ladder play. I, you know, Bronco. The Bronco, Bronco, yep, yep. Boise State, but, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hook and ladder, they're out there at, what, what's the name of that stadium? It's at Toyota Stadium. Toyota, yeah. Toyota Stadium, so it's like a soccer field, and they don't have clear markings, so... The colony's running this hook and ladder, and they throw it to Keith. Keith Mikey Harrington throws it to Keith Miller. He does the quick pitch back to Miles Price. He's coming around, and you can see there's really nobody there that's going to no. stop them. But you don't really know exactly where he's at on the field. Because uh, you can't see the yard markers. The, yeah, the yards. So I was right? told before and after that game, so at Toyota Stadium, they were dealing with the opening, uh, the unveiling of the NF, or the um, Soccer Hall of Fame, yeah, United, the right. Ameri North American Soccer Hall of Fame. They had an Imagine Dragons concert, which is going on that next day, Saturday. So they were they were kind of setting that up, kind of during yeah. the game too. Not like on the field, but like to the side and yeah. stuff. Um, I believe they were doing an alumni soccer game for the Hall of Fame thing mm -hmm. on that Sunday, and then I think FC Dallas is also going to play that Sunday as well. Yeah. So they. The high school football game yeah. was on the the last yeah. bit of the, oh yeah that was way in the back of the mind and you could tell there was not a single yard marker yeah. on the field I don't even know how the the chainsmen and all and all that stuff yeah. did it but so it, Miles had to it, run a little extra yeah. just, he kept just, he just ran all the way I think through the back of the end zone close to where they were setting up the stage for the concert yeah, too not only just the wild finish but like what a huge game you know I think everybody pretty much assumed going into that game that the district title was on the line even though it was really early in the district mm -hmm. season and obviously that turned out to be the case. So um, ends up paving the way for the colony to get their first ever outright district championship in football. And you proved me wrong because I was I was <laughs> ranting and raving about Lone Star going <laughs> on, on the podcast at the beginning of the season. I was like, man, no one's going to beat Lone Star. Yeah. And then unfortunately, did it didn't it. work out for the colony in the playoffs though, because Timberview got them in just like in basketball. They got them in football in that first round. They ended up making the third round. I think they got. That's kind of a shocker too. Yeah, because pretty, pretty good upset. Yeah. Timberview was just running wild that day. Um, but still, awesome season for the Colony football team, winning the district championship. Um, and, you know, kind of like we talked about softball, they'll have a lot of their players back next year. I'm expecting another strong season and very well could be another uh, district title battle when the uh, Rangers and Cougars go at it again. Now, speaking of players coming back and, you know, going kind of going back to basketball, the Colony girls basketball, they're in good shape too. Yep. Like the boys team, they uh, – well, they were the third team, I should mention, that won a district championship for the Colony this year, along with football and softball. Mm -hmm. um, I think they lost only one. I think went 13-1. and one. I think they slipped up against Denton, maybe. But um, really yeah, we'll forget that happened. And just like the boys' team, you know, they ended up bowing out in a really tough game against uh, the eventual state champion, mm -hmm. Amarillo. They pull off a nice upset to get to the, uh, to get to the regional tournament. They're playing Amarillo way out in 
Snyder or some city. I can't even recall. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to go check out the game, but it was just too far away. So from what everything I hear is, you know, the Colony was right in position to win that game. Jewel Spear gets a defensive rebound. It's a tie game. According to the Colony, she, she gets fouled right under the basket where Ashley gets the rebound. No fouls called, so it's just a steal. Amarillo just picks up the ball, lays it in for the game winner right at the horn. So mm. really tough way for the season to end for the Colony. It sounds like, you know, from their perspective, Jewel should have been going to the other side to shoot some go-ahead free throws. And, you know, who knows, they could have been in that regional final against Tam Timberview instead of Amarillo. But didn't play out that way. But, you know, Jewel and Tamia will be back leading them next year. So, um, you know, between those three teams, really – Really strong seasons, really exciting games, mm -hmm. lots of games down to the wire, especially in the playoffs and stuff. So, it's a really fun year out at the Colony, and you know they have a lot of standout talents, a lot of big time recruits. So it's really, really entertaining times oh out yeah. there in the Colony right now. Oh yeah, it was a down year for some little um teams. You know, little um girls basketball kind of in a rebuilding year. Little um volleyball, you know, after losing Carrington Jones, they'll, they'll be on the come up uh, again this year but little girls soccer first ever district title this year they had the district mvp and amaya grace they won their first playoff game uh they moved to the second round for the first time i believe since 2014 and then they lost in double overtime to burleson centennial it was in the final minutes it was a heartbreaker there but a great job by first year head coach manuel cordova who comes over from abilene wiley uh, you know after jimmy langford goes over to wakeland uh the defending state champions over there so big big year for little home girls soccer big shout out to them uh baseball team over at little home they're all also back in the playoffs for the third year in a row under head coach Matt Harbin. Uh, they say goodbye to Logan Kohler, uh, who's going to OU, but they have uh, you know some guys, Jorge Aldrete, Derek Lewis, uh, some other guys, you know, to, to Frainer Chavez, the younger brother of Frainier Chavez. I, I, <laughs> yeah. no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Take that up with Coach Harbin and Frainier's parents. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, they'll, they look to be, you know, back to make an, another uh, playoff run next year. So, hopefully, hopefully. Little on football can also get back in the playoffs. They had a, a, a bit of a, a slip up uh, towards the end of the year. Um, they had some quarterback issues, but it looks like they found the quarterback of the future in John Mateer. They threw him out there as a freshman late in district play, picked up a couple wins for them. Uh, he's he's gotten a little bigger. He's gotten a little bulkier. Uh, I guess you know going from a freshman to sophomore year, and so he's he's uh, he's expected to to lead the Lobos uh, next year for and for years to come. So we'll see if uh, if the Lobos can challenge those teams like the Colony. And you know Lone Star and those other teams in five five A Division One. We're doing our questions series this week, and one of them is which team that didn't make the playoffs will make it. I'm curious, a little spoiler: is, is Little Elm football your pick for that question? I don't know. You're just gonna have to check it out. <laughs> You're gonna have to wait and see. You're just gonna have to wait and see. But that'll just about wrap up our year in review uh, podcast specials. I'm sure there'll be plenty of football uh, podcasts here coming up in the near future uh, with, and with our gridiron previews coming up in August, early August. It's right around the corner, too. We'll be about to be cranking those out, too. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, and who, else, who knows what else we have in store for the month of July, but I'm sure there'll be a lot of football involved. So make sure to stay tuned for that. For Justin Thomas, it's Taylor Raglan. I'm Brian Murphy. We'll talk to you next week. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. 
HiringStarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.